0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to The Bulletproof Marketer. I am your host, Christopher Tompkins. Um, I'm here to deliver no BS marketing advice for marketers by marketers. So I'm here to lead the charge against terrible marketing advice. So if you've been listening, you know exactly my take on all that good stuff. So I'm so glad to have all of you here today. We have a pretty great show we're going to be covering some uh, fantastic news uh, items in the BPM Trend Spotter. There's some late breaking news on LinkedIn that I think is really interesting for everyone to kind of pay attention to. I have a fantastic guest. I have Dominic Keenan from ClickBank. He's going to drop by to talk about affiliate marketing. And I don't want to say affiliate marketing made easy because that's not necessarily a thing. But he just helps dispel some rumors and helps you kind of, he got me inspired to, to, to like put my foot back in the affiliate marketing pond. So that will be coming up in our interview segment. And then we have the, um, our wonderful segment, which I love, which is BPM versus Stockholm Syndrome. When we're going to talk about the metaverse and why are you so behind already? Don't worry. I'm going to make you feel all better about that in just a few more minutes. And then um, last but not least, we're going to go through the silver bullet, where I'm going to share one of my biggest tips for this week on how you can better market your company digitally. All right. So that is what we have on the plate today. Um, If you are uh, new to our show, welcome to the crew, folks. Um, This show comes out every single week. And we also have an accompanying newsletter that comes with this. So uh, basically, the show itself is pulled, I kind of pull the best stories, the juiciest news from our newsletter and kind of expound on a little bit more on the podcast. So the newsletter is a companion piece. If you like free information that's been curated directly for you, if you'd like to sign up for that, just go to gosalesandmarketing.com, which is my agency's website go there. There'll be a pop-up that will prompt you to sign up for the newsletter and you're in, boom, done. That's pretty damn easy, right? So uh, it is a daily newsletter where I curate everything that's good Monday through Friday in terms of no BS marketing advice. So definitely check it out. Um, There's also lots of resources on the Go Sales and Marketing website. So I don't want you to sleep on that. I definitely want you to check that out. Um, our blog page is loaded with stuff. Also, there's links to my articles in Forbes and Newsweek and Fast Company and Entrepreneur um, and Tampa Bay Business Journal and all the rest. So there's lots of information there that could be useful for either if you're an agency owner or you're just a marketing professional or even if you're just starting out. So take a look. It's all free, all over to you. And um, yeah, so let's get started. So we're gonna start off with our first segment, which is gonna be the BPM Trend Spotter. So this is the segment, which I love because this is where we cover the most interesting news and trends that have developed over the past week-ish. And of course I give my spin on them. So I've been watching our newsletter for the last few weeks and I've been seeing some stories that I wanted to dive into. And the first one is talking about one of my favorite sites that no one seems to like as much as I do. Boo hoo, you should be listening to me. Um, which is LinkedIn. LinkedIn's so funny because I will talk to people if I'm talking to prospects, clients, uh, people on the street, whoever people where they're begging my groceries I'm talking about talking about LinkedIn. If I am doing the um LinkedIn's usually where they glaze over or kind of like, yeah, that's kind of outdated, because it's not in the news very much, right? It's all about TikTok, it's all about Instagram, it's all about Facebook turning to meta, it's all about that type of thing. But LinkedIn is kind of like this, I don't want to say it's the sleeping giant, but it is an absolute um, behemoth that if you can awaken it the right way, it just gives you so many roads to connecting with your target audience and growing your business. So let me share some of the hot stuff that's been going on in LinkedIn lately that I thought was pretty damn cool. Um, now, this one, This is kind of not really necessarily news, but I think I wanted to start this one off because I picked this one because I think it's something that you need to hear. Um, A new survey shows that LinkedIn users strongly dislike unsolicited DMs. God, if that could be any more of a shocker, I mean, come on, I'm being sarcastic, obviously. If you know me, I'm, I, I'm like, that's the blood type I have is sarcastic. But you know, this was a poll that was um, done by social media today. And what they found out was that um, pretty much it. what bothers people the most about LinkedIn is um, irrelevant notifications and unwanted messages Um, are the two main things, but unwanted messages is number one. So now what we found in um, another group that Social Media Today ran this in, in their own LinkedIn group, they found out unwanted messages again was the number one, um, most unwanted thing. Now, here's the thing. If you are, this is where the bot services come in and this is where, um, oh, I got this LinkedIn lead generation company that I'm working with. If there are automations that are being built onto your LinkedIn campaign, beware. It's a turnoff. The world is turn- world is changing. I mean, come on. I, I mean, let's be honest. though. 14 years ago, 15 years ago, we started our agency. I thought it was damn annoying when, when people were going in there and sending those like 14 paragraph long messages to me that with 400 links and, and all sorts of crap that I didn't want to read. Come on, we all get that. And also that gives you that gives you LinkedIn fatigue, right? Because you're getting all of that crap and then you have to go through it, even though it is just passing through it with a few seconds and moving on. It's just like spam email, right? I don't want it. So if you are choosing a DM strategy for LinkedIn, what I would highly suggest that you do is understand what you're trying to do before you start. So if you're just connecting with rando people like, okay, I'm going to sell more product in Albuquerque. I'm just going to connect with everybody that lives in Albuquerque. That is so the wrong way. Okay. And we're going to be talking about this more in the silver bullet about how targeting is really, really becoming more and more important in terms of Um, Your effectiveness in your conversion, how kind of like that buckshot view of marketing is kind of fading away. And now it's more um, laser precision um, within reason is becoming more in vogue. So what I would suggest is if you are going to be doing outreach on LinkedIn, have an avatar of exactly the buyer or customer profile that you're looking for. Find that individual and connect with them with a meaningful message. You know, um, don't connect with people and say, Hey, saw that you're in this field and I sell this shit. Would you like to buy it? I mean, that's not necessarily going to be like, Wee, great. I love it. Because what happens on LinkedIn is when you put your, when you have a connection, this is, this is like a secret like tool right here. A lot of people miss when you put a message alongside your LinkedIn invitation to connect message. No, your invitation to connect, sorry. If you type in a little personal message before you do that and you send the invitation to connect, when they connect, your message will immediately pop up on their screen. So it needs to be really relevant. It needs to seem um, just, uh, it needs to be on brand with what they're looking for. So just make sure that you can do that because if you do that really, really well, when that message pops up, they're going to take action. It's like, oh, I just connected with you. Wow, it's really quick Um, because not everybody understands how LinkedIn works in terms of that. So you you do have a lot of opportunity there. Again, folks, quit using bots to just get a whole bunch of connections onto your LinkedIn profile. It's absolutely old school. Numbers are not important on LinkedIn. It's actually your network and your community that you're building. This is how social media was supposed to go, but then everyone started buying things and trying spammy things and outsourcing growth. And and then it just becomes a big freaking mess, which was where we are now. But still... Numbers are not everything because again, everyone thinks large numbers equate to sales. And if you have large numbers that you've bought and you've purchased and you've, or whatever, even if you've earned through a bot and you're not making sales, maybe numbers aren't what you should be focusing on. I don't know, just truth bomb there, just dropping it, (laughs) dropping it in there. Um, But um, moving on to another LinkedIn news story that I wanted to cover today, which is the LinkedIn podcast network is launching um, and it's being presented by Verizon. So LinkedIn, um, according to um, this um, media post article, LinkedIn's entering into the podcasting world and it's building out a network of creators and shows as a way for professionals to connect. Okay, this is something that I've been saying for ages, for if you wanna become a thought leader, position as a thought leader, it will become any sort of respected source or credible source of information. A podcast is a really a great way to begin to develop that. So obviously LinkedIn's taking, uh, taking that on board and they have taken it on board and they're starting that. So there are, these are going to be, I'm guessing for right now, just looking at it, there's all network, um, LinkedIn podcast network shows become available globally directly on LinkedIn um, by following the podcast host. And then you can see it, you'll get updates, of course, because LinkedIn is all about updates. But this is, just so you know, this is part of the creator aspect in LinkedIn. So if you are on LinkedIn right now and you have a profile, one of the things I'd like, I'd urge you to do today is This is kind of like a hidden feature because here's the deal. Do you always go back to your profile or just go into LinkedIn and kind of look around, see what's posting, see what's going on, look at your inbox, and then just kind of roll? Well, the thing that you're missing is that if you go to your profile, you may be open to the creator program. If you are open to the creator program, you are able to do lives from your, from your profile, as well as newsletters and many other things that they're putting in the pipeline, such as podcasting. So this could be a really good um, opportunity for you to get your feet wet with that. Now, one of the things I will mention there is that that LinkedIn newsletter is extremely powerful. Um, The eyeballs that 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 gets in the algorithm is unbelievable. If your content's getting zero, your your newsletter will get um, a thousand or plus. I mean, I don't know exactly what the equation is at the moment, but it's really trying, LinkedIn really wants you to use it. So if they really want you to use it, they're going to really, they're really going to boost the people that are using it. So you can say, oh, wow, look, a lot of people are using this new feature. Where do I find out about that? So um, it's not going to be, it's not going to be super duper duper valuable forever. It'll still be valuable. But right now, if you get in on it, um, you can really benefit from it. But LinkedIn's doing podcasts, so if podcasting is something that you've thought about, maybe you need to dial that up a little bit and fast track that for maybe like a, a late spring, early summer kind of launching, kind of like a soft launch, kind of getting things together, and then maybe doing it full scale in the fall. There's still time. It doesn't. You don't need a whole radio team to do podcasting. Um, but I've covered this on many different shows, so I don't want to. I don't want to cover um, cover it again but it is powerful. And now LinkedIn's saying, yep, we agree. And we're going to create that platform in there too. So that's pretty exciting stuff. Um, and then, um, the last news story that I had that I thought was really interesting in a way that it was kind of annoying. (laughs) I don't know, is it annoying or, uh, I don't know. I'm still, I'm on, I'm still on the fence. Um, so, um, Uber Gizmo, uh, said that um, TikTok could be considering allowing videos up to 10 minutes in length to be posted to the platform. So this is, it's been experimenting. I'm just looking at the article really quickly. This is that the, the um, TikTok has been experimenting with the idea of allowing for longer videos with some tests even allowing users to upload videos as long as 10 minutes in length. And the reason for this is ad revenue. Okay, so let me take a step back and look at, I don't wanna say my conspiracy theory um, or my conspiracy theorist mind, but what I see here is that's pretty freaking accurate, right? Because it's going to get to a point where um, the wave is going to crash on the advertising and then it has to find ways of kind, of kind of bumping that up, that revenue and longer form content will do that. Then what will happen is they're going to parlay their their um, their their visibility and their engagement into becoming a YouTube competitor, and that's what I would think it would happen. Um, but and I normally wouldn't say this, but um, with new platforms because they all usually just like kind of blow away in the wind by Clubhouse. But I think with. Um, With this one, I think it, TikTok really has some strong, strong legs and they're really flexing all the time. So I think that, you know, long form content I'm not thrilled about. Um, I know that it's gonna make it very easy for a lot more people to join it, but I don't know if that will be the watering down of the platform and taking away from the authenticity of it or not, but um, you never know. I think there's lots of, it's all up in the air, but just that they're thinking about it. Is is something that I think is is interesting to consider when you're coming up with your um, with your strategies, just because when you're especially video strategies, because we all know how difficult those are to create, right? So um, with that said, keep that in mind. TikTok might be going longer, but definitely the other two stories regarding LinkedIn. Make sure your your DMs make sense because everyone hates them when they're garbage. And um, the podcasting angle on LinkedIn, I think that's pretty damn cool. So. So, yep, so there is your phenomenal, phenomenal BPM trend spotter. I'm super excited because after the break, we're going to be talking to Dominic Keenan um, from ClickBank, and we're going to be talking about affiliate marketing. Now, if you are doing affiliate marketing, let's think about this just a little bit differently before we get into Dominic on the other side of the break. We welcome him onto the show. You know, if you were doing it a brand ambassador or a loyalty program, it's essentially an affiliate program, right, in some way, shape, or form. So just think about that going into it, because I'm sure that you've heard of loyalty programs and brand ambassador programs and, and just to create UGC and, and, you know, getting people involved and sharing discount codes and all that kind of stuff. Affiliate marketing is how you track everything and how you pay people and how you reward them in a very, very organized fashion and the new scale, et cetera. But um, Dominic has all these answers. I'm not going to act like I'm the expert in affiliate marketing because I by no means am. That's why I'm bringing Dominic on. So after the break, Dominic from ClickBank on the Bulletproof Marketer. See you in a minute, folks. Hey, parents, are you looking to make it easy to promote your child's development? Well, I want to introduce my go-to, which is Motor Planet. Motor Planet is a powerful developmental program designed to enhance your child's skills. Their software-based program offers fun, motivating activities designed to challenge your child's abilities. So we're talking fine motor skills, visual motor and perceptional skills, physical strengthening, overall conditioning, enhanced sensory processing. At Motor Planet, they strive to help your children grow. If you'd like to learn more on how this fantastic app works, there is a one-week free trial, and that is courtesy of Motor Planet. So if you want to grab that on your Android or Apple device, visit them online today. It's MotorPlanet.com. That's M-O-T-O-R, P-L-A-N-I-T. All right, everybody, welcome back from our illustrious break. Um, I don't know if you listened to any of those ads during that break really like the guy's voice, um, he should probably get more work but anyway, um, I do know his number. So we're into what I've been teasing at the beginning of the show was um, talking about affiliate marketing. And and if I'm talking about affiliate marketing, I want to have one of the best guys that does it on, and that is Dominic Kanan. Dominic is the VP of sales at ClickBank. He focuses on supporting ClickBank's current vendors and affiliates, as well as growing ClickBank's business. As an expert in the field, he knows that the world of online marketing is changing daily, and what works today might not work tomorrow. In affiliate marketing, it applies twice as much. You're telling me, preaching to sure the converter there, D. Um, Dominic would love to share um, with our listeners the strategies and channels that are working for seven to eight-figure ClickBank affiliates. And we're going to answer, we're going to ask some questions, but without further ado, Dominic, welcome to the Bulletproof Marketer. Hey, thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. So, okay, what did I miss there? And in, 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 the,
1: in your illustrious intro, <laughs> uh, probably some really boring backstory, which we won't bore your audience with. But uh, yeah, sure. I've been at ClickBank for seven years, and uh, it's been it's it's been a phenomenal ride. In that every day, I, I mean, interacting with a dozen at least entrepreneurs, small business owners, larger brand owners every single day um i left the world of commercial banking to come do this and i'm so glad that i'm not still sitting on the third floor of the bank building crunching excel spreadsheets this is a uh, a, just a fascinating world to live in so excited to chat but
0: you know uh affiliate marketing is is i i've had some guests in the past that talked about it my friend leanne was one and you know it's it is do you feel that people are getting more um, comfortable with it as the technology gets a little bit less, sophist- not less sophisticated, but more sophisticated to kind of lower the barrier of entry or not?
1: Uh, yeah, I think people are getting more comfortable with it. I would say um, affiliate marketing probably got a pretty bad rap from uh when it was easier to source traffic in uh in ways that aren't allowed today. I mean you think about what's allowed um in from a compliance standpoint in Facebook or Google ads. And I I'll often talk to, to guys that you know oh, I've been I've been with ClickBank for 15 years and I remember back when you know uh Google what was it DoubleClick I think originally it was the wild west and we could do anything we wanted and so there's kind of this bad rap around it. Um now it's that that's pretty difficult to do, right? You can't just spam the hell out of somebody or or um put up offensive banner ads. Um that said, the the tools are a hell of a lot better too now, in that um there's ways to guarantee that affiliates get paid. It's easier to sign up. Um a lot of the brands, sellers, vendors, whatever you want to call them that we work with, um, realize that. Uh, ease of use, ease of access for the affiliate is really what attracts the affiliate to promoting that particular brand or that particular vendor and so yeah, I would say not only is the image of the industry much much better now it's it's easier to get started because the industry is more favorable to to the uh to the entrepreneur. Uh, You know, one of the, one of the concerns that I've, that I've heard over the years and, you
0: know, even just a few weeks ago when I was talking to somebody about developing their own um, affiliate marketing um, scenario is the lead time and the development time. And, you know, in, in terms of setup, what, what does, I mean, there's no average story here, right? I'm going to ask you for a boilerplate and there's, everyone's so unique, Um, but what, what kind of, what kind of advice could
1: you give on timelines, um, to setting up, um, a affiliate program? Well, this, so that's a good question and I'll answer it shortly, but I would say if if, if somebody's out there looking at starting an affiliate program, I would definitely look at it as an additional channel to your business. And no new channel is cost-free, whether it's from a money mm-hmm. or time component. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's, for right. some people, there's this impression and, and they look and see really successful brands that have done this. And they're like, well, it's just a it's just a link at the bottom of the page, right? And we collect the affiliate's email address and no way to the race. Yeah, you know, off we go. Um in reality, there there is no no channel like that that is is instant. Um, it does require investment. That said, uh, you know, oftentimes what we're recommending to people is keep in mind uh, affiliate traffic is going to be uh, distinct from other types, especially internal owned media or email or whatever it may be that that you're doing internally. Uh, so those those pages that you're sending. Um, or you know, that your affiliates are sending traffic to need to be optimized for that type of traffic, which is typically, at least in our world, is conversion. We count conversion at time of sale. Um, but there's other networks, obviously, where uh, CPL collecting leads or whatever it may be. Um, but if if you're going to invest in this, then make sure that those pages are optimized uh, before turning affiliate traffic onto it. Um, and and in, a, in the big picture, all businesses are competing for customers, of course. Um, but in the affiliate space, all of those businesses are also competing for affiliates as well. Uh, it, it probably just as much as they are competing for customers. And so in the end, that competition is, is in, in our network is red hot. Um, and you want to make sure that that where that traffic is going is well optimized for the traffic that's coming in. Okay, so I want to highlight something that you
0: said, and it's something that I think that a lot of businesses do miss with the um, development or the thought processes and development of affiliate program. You have to attract these people. These people aren't all just thirsty for dough. I mean, I mean, we could say they are for to an extent, but this is their business, right? So they want to, and I think also. Coming into a play is their is their own the affiliate's reputation to their their audience, you know. So what is you know what does a what does a company need to know about attracting affiliates or right, the right affiliates
1: perhaps? Yeah, the so in general, uh, ease of use is is really important. I was I was talking to a, a really. Large, one of the largest list managers that we have work with Clickbank and so he he manages email promotion across dozens of other businesses for them. and um, he said he doesn't understand why some people like they they've done everything right. They've built a great converting sales page. Mm-hmm. Um, you know it's well optimized, everything that he needs to promote it. and then all he needs is say like swipe copy for the email or a different image or some type of different creative. And the affiliate manager on the vendor side, I'll get back to him like next week. Well, he was trying to fill an opening in his promotional schedule tomorrow. Right. Um, and so for the, for the brands that we're advising, you know, we say that really starts with a really good affiliate page. Um, and the components of that will. Include so in ClickBank we have um, post purchase upsells, so you can't right. see the entire sales flow unless you go and purchase the initial product and then all the subsequent products, um, and that doesn't lend to ease of use for the affiliate to go through your whole sales funnel. But no. uh, uh, diagram it out there. Say like you know this is this is the landing page where your affiliate traffic ends up. Here's what the order form looks like. Here's what it converts at. Here's the average order value at that point, and then post purchase here's the upsell downsell it might be multiple steps here's the rates those convert at <clears throat> excuse me that way they can look at it and optimize the message that that traffic is receiving prior to landing so that it's not just optimized for the first page that they see it's optimized for the messages congruent all the way through the funnel so that's a that's a big one put that right up top so they can see exactly what they're promoting and then the the other things that are you know Kind of obvious is the the any creative that you can provide them any swipe copy banners um, that type of thing. Then uh, I would also put in there uh, your T's and C's, the vendor brands terms and conditions. So if you don't want that affiliate say brand bidding right for for search, you probably if you're if you own a brand, you probably don't want to compete with your affiliates for that. Put it right in there. Don't, you know, do not, do not compete with us in this. And, uh, you know, whether it's ClickBank or any other affiliate network, if you run into somebody running counter to the terms and conditions that you set out for your affiliates and will immediately stop traffic um, for you from that particular affiliate. And then lastly, um, I, I always encourage people to hire an affiliate manager, somebody who's really good at relationships. Um, and I I don't mean... Some some companies they have an affiliate program, and really what their affiliate manager does is count the number of conversions times the commission amount and make PayPal's all their affiliates' money. Um, that's not it. That's that's a that's a bookkeeper, right? <laughs> that's in PayPal all the time. Mm-hmm. What what they need to be doing is building relationships with this. Going back to my list manager friend, for example, he needed a copy today so he could email tomorrow, and he is a big big affiliate that guy can easily send six figures of traffic in a day Um, and not having somebody in place to manage that relationship and meet his expectations costs that That particular vendor a lot of money on that day. And you know, he penciled them in for months down the road. His calendar is full. That opportunity was missed. And so there's a little bit of nuance to that. It needs to be really easy and accessible. So I say right at the top of the page, preferably top right corner, uh, the name of the affiliate manager, whoever they're supposed to contact on the brand side, um, email, Skype, phone, however you contact them, and then make them a real person, like put a headshot of them up there in that way. You know, it's, it's a little bit more personable, but also if you're in an, in an event, they know what they look like and they can, they run into that person, they know who they're talking to. Um, so those are, those are kind of the the fundamentals on the affiliate page side. That's great. um Now, something else I'm, cause I'm always, I,
0: I like greasing the wheel. Yeah. Um, what is it is it um ethical um, to send incentives to unsolicited incentives to um your affiliates gifts or anything of that nature like something that's kind of like you're exclusive to this um specific package is there anything that does that excite affiliates in any way and keep them um and
1: kind of nurture them along the way with as a relationship with you yeah we do, we actually do that at clickbank with our clients I'm I'm a big fan of that. Um, you know, like I expect our team, and I would say this would work on a from a vendor brand to an affiliate. I expect them to know like when's their birthday and when was their like they just had a kid send you know, send them something. Um, we also expect them to know who they are at live events. A lot of this, mm. at least our portion of the industry is done over a cocktail or you know dinner mm-hmm. um so we certainly encourage that and then I, I think it just from what i see on the affiliate contest side um it's it's pretty effective um the the gift thing and i get the contest is a little bit different but yeah people like to win a flat screen, flat screen tv or whatever it may be um i one one quick tip on that too if if you're anybody in your audience is considering doing it i always send something to clients that is something they're going to interact with frequently um so uh an apple watch or uh, there's a company this really interesting company called i think it's nomadgoods.com no, but nomad is the brand name mm-hmm. and they make these uh contact chargers or the for your cell phone where you just set it on instead of plugging it in yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. um I send those frequently because where, where's a person going to put that? They're going to put it on their nightstand or on their desk and they're going to interact with it every day. And that's something that I sent them. So it doesn't have to be, I mean, I've seen contests like, hell, we ran a contest where we gave away a Tesla model three. It doesn't have to be a a car. Um, It's more important that it's something that they appreciate and interact with frequently. Now, this is another question that's kind of, I think it's, I think it's hard to answer,
0: but I think it's one that a lot of people would pose. It's at what point do you break even on these to start growing past and start and start actually getting an income? Is this in terms of say, for example, I'm a um, I'm a product based brand, um, and maybe I'm a, I'm in the health and beauty world, and I'm doing an affiliate program for my products. What 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 kind of it's almost like
1: if you could say what investment would it take to get to a break-even at, and what time? So if you're going back to, if you're just starting out, I would substitute affiliate commission with your uh, calculation for uh, customer acquisition cost, and whatever you're already paying to acquire a customer. An affiliate is going to bring you a customer. You might as well pay them. It's the same, same cost. Uh, Particularly, we are heavy in the in the health space um, in the supplement space. And what I see most often is uh, is kind of a three-pronged approach. One is that they'll have a a uh, presence on Shopify, kind of traditional e-commerce site. Here's our product catalog. here's our blog and our founding story and all of that. Um, and then they'll have a, a more direct response sales funnel on Clickbank. Um, which is single skew funnels with multiple upsell, post-purchase upsells, um, and then a presence on Amazon because a certain percentage of people will only buy on Amazon. What you were asking, like, where do you break even? Most commonly, what we see is they're viewing the ClickBank portion or the direct response portion as just customer acquisition at break even, And then they turn around and monetize those customers in the, in the Shopify or e-commerce, more traditional e-commerce environment. Because at that point, you get the opportunity to collect all these sales from affiliates in a well-optimized sales funnel that's gonna convert at a high, much higher rate than a Shopify store would with just cold traffic on it. Um, and then now the customers, you've captured the customer in, in the ClickBank funnel. you can they're familiar with your brand, you can re-monetize them. You have their email address, you can send them promotions and re-monetize them in that Shopify environment later on. Um, so initially, as long as it's well-tested break-even for the first, in in general, for the first three to six months, um, and depending on the monetization strategy. So if you if you're not running a Shopify store, oftentimes it'll be monetized on some type of rebuild or another promotion on the back end um, but yeah three to six months generally is what they're looking at
0: okay excellent um, well I think that's all the questions I have for you Dominic is there any kind of like tip or last kind of takeaway that you have on affiliate marketing to kind of entice everybody to uh, get off their
1: asses and try it out I would say that and uh, I mentioned a little bit of this earlier but the relationships are key like go go to those conferences show up at uh you know at the after party meet people i know lots of people who have become wildly successful because they met somebody at a you know whether it's a clickbank or another company after party just over a drink you never know where your next great affiliate is coming from uh, a lot of multi-million-dollar businesses have been have been built on that. So go go have that drink. That's excellent. Well, I, I mean, Dominic, thank you
0: so much for joining us today. Um, if um, uh, where's the best place for everyone to find you in ClickBank?
1: Yeah, so uh, you can find ClickBank at uh, ClickBank.com/podcast. We've got uh, a bunch of resources set up there and. Uh, to get in touch with us we're also very active on pretty much every media channel uh if you want to get in touch with me directly i'm um uh very responsive on linkedin so check me out there all right excellent dominic thank you so much for the interview
0: yeah thank you chris yeah no problem all right folks after the break more great show okay so skincare is definitely something that's really important to me but at the same time, I don't have a lot of time. So I really want the most bang for my buck and something that is very, very fast and efficient. And that's when I found Truly Clear. Now, when I found Truly Clear, it's a really great product that actually helps acne. So if you have um, if you have a child that has acne or you have adult acne, whatever, just want a clean face, I just love the product because why? Because it's, it's smarter, faster, and better. It calms your skin. It stops acne and it heals your skin. So it does the full range of nourishment on your skin. I mean, simply put truly clear stops acne, clears blackheads and whiteheads quickly. You can use it anywhere you have acne, just one or two times daily or less for less than five minutes. That's the best part. Less than five minutes for long lasting results. So. If you have acne that you want to clear up or you just want to have beautiful glowing skin like the Bulletproof Marketer, then you got to check out Truly Clear. Visit them online. It's trulyclear.com. T-R-U-L-Y-C-L-E-A-R.com. Again, trulyclear.com. Fast, smart, just better. And we are back. So, okay. I hope that you got a nice, I'm from Dominic. I hope you got some really great information in terms of affiliate marketing and kind of how it rocks out. Um, I, it's, it's something that I always find so intriguing. There's so many different um, elements to it and there's so many different ways you can build success. So definitely check out ClickBank um, and uh, see if this is a good fit for you. Dominic can hook you up. So all the links for him, like I said before the break, are in the show notes. So go ahead and click away to click ClickBank. So now we are in our next segment, which is the BPM versus Stockholm Syndrome. Okay, marketers, you know something, you're crazy. You just think you are. What I'm talking about is marketers Stockholm Syndrome, where we go so far into our heads that we can't see reality, much less what is about five feet in front of us. So this is where, if I can help just one marketer from going, what am I doing wrong and feel empowered? I'm here for you. So, with that said, today's topic is the metaverse. Okay. Everybody, you can take one minute and do like a really hard eye roll because that's how I feel when I look at the metaverse. Now, the reason being is I'm rolling my eyes because it's just one more massive concept that it's going to take a lot of time for everybody to fully understand so during that time there's going to be lots of other kind of offshoot or kind of ricochet uh, misunderstandings based on this new concept so i've seen this when you know when we it's gone from just regular image postings to posting pictures of your life or telling your story behind the scenes and then going to video and then going to when AI was introduced, and then there's so many different things that have changed, right? So now we're going into the metaverse. So as marketers, we're all, um, I'm sure if you are a marketing director, your boss has probably mentioned it once or twice, like, what the hell is this? Or you better get on that, or why aren't we in the metaverse yet? <laughs> your boss is saying, why aren't you in the metaverse yet? I've worked for people like that. So, um, so enjoy that, um, leave that job immediately. But um, what I would say is, we all have to move carefully through this subject so that we all understand exactly what we're talking about so we can support one another as we move through it. Um, I think everyone jumping in and trying to like do everything really, really quickly to to kind of like suck up the architecture and all of the air in the room is not gonna be a good idea. So in order to break it down, I'm going to tell you and be very honest, I absolutely don't know everything about the Metaverse. I'm not going to act like I do. And you shouldn't have to either. The thing is, it's brand new. It's kind of like people coming around to Bitcoin um, like six or seven years after Bitcoin, you know what I mean? Or NFTs and those types of things, which are not really in your realm, right? They're not really part of your life. Meta is going to make Metaverse part of your life as a marketer, digitally speaking so you do have to pay attention to it but this is something that you're going to learn this is your ongoing learning right following the trends following the storyline seeing what the bouncing ball lies so what i wanted to do to kind of level the playing field a little bit to kind of help you understand how this how everything is working is i found this great article from EarthWeb. well i didn't find it Uh, my team found it um and it's metaverse statistics 2022 key facts and market size data I thought that this would be a fantastic, and also this was something that was shared on one of our um, newsletters, our BPM newsletters. Again, go to gosalesandmarketing.com, and a pop-up will come up, just sign up, um, and then you can get those those absolutely for free there. But let me just go through some of the um, facts that I have. And I'm not gonna, I just wanna keep this kind of brief, just give you a little kind of taster. So the metaverse market size is predicted to reach as much as 800 billion by 2024, okay? That's really, really, really big. JP Morgan predicts the metaverse market size will be worth one trillion. No time frame provided for that, of course. Thanks, JP. Goldman Sachs predicts the metaverse market size will be worth one to twelve trillion. Again, no time frame given. So great, great prediction. Thanks, Goldman. The metaverse market was worth forty-six billion in twenty twenty. Ten billion has been invested in the metaverse by Meta. Um, Facebook's Reality Labs segment. 10,000 jobs will be created over a five-year period. Um, It's a combination, and what it is, is a combination of virtual reality and augmented reality. Um, It's considered the future by Meta and other people, and the metaverse means beyond the universe. So what can obviously just, you know, based off of what I just said there. It's going to be big. See see what they focused on, the size of it, and then the baseline 101 definition of it. Nothing else. And if I read this full article, nothing else is really there. So I think there's no there there just yet for us marketers. But I think we need to keep our ears to the rail because virtual reality and augmented reality both have a real life brand application, especially with augmented reality. Come on, augmented reality was that Pokemon game that everyone was going to hunt for Pokemons. Was it like five years ago or something like that? Where everyone was kind of like walking around and people were walking into traffic trying to like capture Pokemon characters through looking through their phone in augmented reality. So this is kind of an element of that. Plus there's going to be the virtual reality aspect. Here's the thing. I'm not going to go on and on and on. Don't stress out about it. It's coming, it's not there yet. So don't feel that you have to like, it's like one more thing that's gonna bog you down because as marketers, all of the things, the new things are going to kind of stack up. We're gonna start feeling pressure that we have to deliver. Always don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Continue delivering the results at a high level that are already performing while you're learning about this new thing. Wrap it into your knowledge base. Don't just drop everything to run in this one direction. Oh my God, $800 billion, let's go. Like, no, that's not how it works. Um, especially if you have modest budgets or your your company is, is, is digitally, digitally spending adverse. Um, you know what I mean? They don't, they're adverse to digital spending rather I should say. I have the right grammar, but anyway, don't sweat. It's coming and there's gonna be enough announcements and enough education that you're going to be able to get over the time. Just keep your ear to the rails. All right, folks, after the break, we are going to be talking about the silver bullet. So join me in just a minute. And we are back for the silver bullet. So each week I wanna dive into a topic that's a silver bullet or proven secret technique reach out and attain your marketing goals. So what's this this week's silver bullet? Shoppers will unsubscribe from you if they're incorrectly targeted. And this is talking about email. So we talked about incorrectly targeting on LinkedIn in our first segment during the Trend Spotter, and saying that, hey, people don't like these garbage DMs. Like, why are you DMing me, you jerk? Like, how do I want to deal with you about? this goes for email as well and i'm speaking directly to anybody that's purchasing lists because people are getting more sensitive um now i'm saying purchase lists from many brokers not all brokers there's lists that you can purchase that are very high value that are extremely extremely targeted very very good but if you're doing a list for uh 200 bucks that has 20,000 people on it you know yeah this is probably going to be for you so you really need to be careful um, because if you are going, if you're going to be emailing individuals, email is a little bit more personal. It's kind of like SMS, you know, in a way, or like a instant message. If you are doing something that's extremely personal to a person in a one-on-one format, they view it differently than if it's in a public forum. So you just have to be in a social forum even, if you will. So. What I would say is that if you're going to be sending out emails to a specific target audience, make sure that you have the audience right and the message right. Because if you do, your conversion rate will be very high and your unsubscribe rate will be very low. If you just do a boilerplate message to a massive market, yeah, you'll probably get some hits, but you won't be as effective. You know, a smaller sample with a better, more customized message Delivers higher than millions of garbage that's being sent out to millions of people that don't give a shit. So just keep that in mind. If you're doing email marketing, make sure that you are writing for the audience that you were trying to target and you understand that audience very well. Don't just push your agenda on the audience thinking that they will like it. Understand and know that they would like to hear it beforehand. Of course they can ignore, of course they can unsubscribe, but just don't turn them off immediately with the wrong message. All right, folks, we'll be back right after the break with a wrap up of today's show. All right, I have a pretty picky pet. Our golden doodle, Olive, is leaning pretty heavy on the poodle side and is pretty picky about her food. You know, that is until she tried square pet, okay. Before she tried Square Pet, we've given her like 14 different types of food, and but we've let we've let her try it out for a while. We're not changing it every day. Don't don't be a hater, but uh, we gave her a Square Pet, and she gobbled it up, and is totally eating only that now, which is great because it's a healthy, all natural pet nutrition that's been developed by veterinary professionals using only the highest quality and responsibly sourced ingredients. There are solutions for both dogs and cats. You know, I, I'm I'm not biased. Dogs or cats, everyone's welcome, as well as specialized diets that are backed by science. I'm so overprotective of Olive, and I want to treat her like a queen. So Square Pets, it is, folks. Learn more and order a bag to try out today at mysquarepet.com. Again, mysquarepet.com. Woof. Okay. We are back. So roundup. So what was your favorite part of today's show? Tweet me at, at BPM marketer. Um, sorry, BP marketer. And let me know again, that's at BP marketer on Twitter. And let me know also make sure to sign up for our companion newsletter, go to go and use the pop-up to gain access to the inner circle and get daily tips like the ones I sh- delivered on the show today right in your inbox. So we covered LinkedIn, we covered TikTok, um, some good stuff there and our new section, Dominic hooked us up with some great um, affiliate marketing. So thanks again to Dominic from Clickbank for joining us today. Um, We went through, uh, you know, meta, what we need to be scared about, nothing. And then, uh, but we have to be aware of it, right? And also how um, really understanding your target market and hitting them with the right messaging can make your email marketing soar to new levels. So um, anyway, folks, again, thank you so much for joining us on The Bulletproof Marketer. I've been Christopher Tompkins. Um, If you ever need any, any digital marketing advice, my agency is ready to hear from you. It's the Go Agency. It's the same website as before, gosalesandmarketing.com. Again, check out that blog page for past shows, articles, blogs, free stuff. Just go ahead and have at it. It's all for you guys. That's what we do it for. So, okay, guys got to run, be kind, be authentic, be bulletproof. Until next time, folks.